Hello there. I'm Colleen. I'm Anders. And I'm Daniel. We're three nerds that met through our love of science fiction and fantasy storytelling. Of course, one of our favorites is George Lucas's signature achievement, Star Wars. And if there's one thing the internet definitely doesn't have enough of, it's nerds talking about Star Wars. So here we are with yet another Star Wars podcast, where each week we discuss one of the films in the current Star Wars canon. From the sands of Tatooine to the levels of Coruscant, we cover it all. Yet another Star Wars podcast is available wherever you get your podcast and is part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hello and welcome to Recent Activity, your new favorite entertainment review podcast that attempts to cover every film, every show, all at once. I am your co-host, Andrew Morgan. With me, as always, is the entertainment director at Fun Island. It's Mr. Shane Beauregard. How are you, sir? I am doing well, and if that's the case, I am fired. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, at least have a decent life- lifeguard on staff. That's all I'm asking. You know, people are just reckless, dogs going everywhere. It's stupid. You're stupid if you are <laughs> if you have that job. Um, but good to see you, sir. Glad to see your smiling face as always. Uh, of course, you're smiling a little bit more probably because you finally... Got to see Meg to the trench, which is what we are uh, having giggles about already up top. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem, uh, which we both saw. I am super pumped to talk about Hijack, whether Shane likes it or not. So I will talk about that at some point. But um, let's start with the box office, buddy, because it kind of leads into the two movies that I talked about up front. First of all, have your nice little uh, victory lap for your man, Jason Statham, because over the weekend, Barbie, of course, did its thing, but somebody finally beat Oppenheimer, and lordy lord, if you told me it was going to be Meg to the trench, now again, domestically, um, I'm, I'm hedging a little bit, even though this movie did well internationally as well, if you told me what movie was going to upend one of Barbenheimer. I don't know if I was going to say that, especially because when I saw this movie, it wasn't that well attended. And I went on Thursday preview night. What was your experience? When did you see it? And and how did that go? It's funny. I went Thursday at like 510, right? So I got in there. I pre-ordered my ticket, got in there, sat down. And I think I messaged you. It was like 505, 508 in there. I was the only one in the theater. Yeah. And I'm like, this is going to be great. (laughs) <laughs> I got the whole theater to myself. But as the minutes like went by by 5.15, it was probably 45, 50% full at that time. Okay. So the cra- the yeah. crowds did actually come in. Right. And, and the wave behind me when I got out of the theater, the, gro- the crowd started growing a little bit. So maybe a little too early for 5 o'clock. But uh, right. yeah, I was getting a little nervous, man. I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> this thing is going to bomb. Because, of course... You messaging me about the Rotten Tomato score, which was zero at the time. It's like 28% right now. And Oof. I was like, damn you, Rotten Tomatoes. I don't care. I'm going to go see my man. And lo and behold, like I'm going to do my vic- – I'm taking my victory lap, sir. I might take my shirt off while I do it for my man, <laughs> Jason Statham. Like yeah. I honestly was shocked. I was like, okay, it maybe finished fourth behind Oppenheimer and TMNT. And when I saw it this morning, I was like, holy sugar. Like it was number two. Yeah. 
Yeah, made uh, about thirty million over the weekend. Uh, with yes, Oppenheimer still made twenty nine. So yes, it wasn't this uh, big slam dunk. However, the one thing we knew about this movie, uh, just like the first movie, international is where this mm. is going to go. Especially any kind of big monster movie, any kind of big spectacle like this, is expected to do well internationally. And it did one hundred and fifteen mil overseas to make 145 for its opening weekend uh thus far so this is why this got a sequel guys (laughs) there's a there's something about it that people like i i will i don't know if i will echo any positive sentiments i might be more on the critic side we'll get there in a second but yeah the the box office uh was again doing really well like i don't know again how many there's a lot of people I hear, uh, especially on other podcasts and everything else, saying, oh, I went to go see X, meaning Barbie or Oppenheimer, and then they just were like, well, we're here, and it's like raising the the ticket sales for all these other movies. So, you know, Meg 2 did really well. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles also did uh, 28 over the weekend, but total domestically did $43 million, uh, because I saw this on Wednesday. When my kids also saw it during the day on Wednesday with their camp. So it was like a weird thing of like, <laughs> we saw it, but in separate times and places. It was a bizarre thing considering uh, the type of movie it is. Um, but that was a movie that I, the movie theater was pretty full for a Wednesday. And I was like, oh man, this movie's going to crush. I was thinking, is this the new, you know, Mario Brothers kind of thing? Right. Is this going to hold? If it gets word of mouth, it might do all right, but it's not going to touch Mario Brothers. I think people, and we'll get to it maybe with the review, but like I think a lot of people are, you know, a little over. Like there's been so many permutations of Ninja Turtles that I think people need to hear that it's good mm-hmm. to then get word of mouth to then go uh, for that to work out. So again, a positive start for them, 51 million total, 43 domestic uh, for Ninja Turtles in its first kind of mostly week, long weekend, however you want to put it. So that's a good start for them. Um, and like I said, the the box office in general just keeps on doing well. Um, but let's get into kind of the critical part of Meg 2 as, as if anyone cares, right, Shane? Anyone who loves these movies doesn't give a shit if you like these movies too, and you're going to laugh at me when I'm like nitpicking a movie that is like just, are you kidding me, stupid, um, on, on its face. But what did you think? Because you're the Meg guy. So like coming in, what did you like about the first one, and what, what were your expectations, and how did that work for you with part two? Okay, so the first one I did like, and it wasn't obviously we know what we're dealing with, but I'm always I grew up with like a creature feature kind of thing. I've always been in the shark movies and sure. all kinds of those permanations. And I'll I'm admit I, I love Jason Statham. I could watch that guy just about anything. So the first one caught me by surprise. I had my issues with the first one because it tiptoed on what it could be. Is it like a horror movie? Is it this or that? But they kind of like right. tiptoed and they didn't exactly declare what they were. But overall, I had a good time. I was entertained. So when this came out, I'm like, okay, yes, more of what I want. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so when it comes to these movies, like you said, damn critics, damn it, the 28% of Rotten Tomato, this is my kind of movie. Like they can't, they could screw it up, but it's like, I don't care. Put my brain aside. And as long as I'm having fun entertained, Yes, it's stupid, it's campy, it's over the top, it's ridiculous, and that's exactly what I got. (laughs) But I will say, 
So my ex- expectations were kind of high on this one based off <laughs> the first one. Silly you know, man. Uh-huh. <laughs> I know. I'm a silly man. But to be honest with you, I thought this was like <laughs> the first half of this movie I was like, okay, what are we doing here? Like, and, and, and this is my problem with most, like, the Godzilla verse, King Kong. I sure. know you can't have monsters fighting for two hours straight. I understand that. Sure. But the human stories are always the weakest parts of these movies. And for of the course. first hour and 10 minutes, I was like, come on. Like, they, I thought they tried to throw too much plot in there, if that makes sense. Like, I don't care about corporate, corporate backstabbing and revenge and who's taken who's technology and all this kind of stuff like right give me the sharks right so the first half to me was like all right i kept looking at my watch i'm like can we pick this up a little bit and then once they got and we'll talk about once they get into fun island i'm like this is what i want this is the kind of crazy stupid movie i want octopus sharks let's go (laughs) yeah i mean i'm in the same boat except maybe i don't speak with it with the same glow uh, where like when it was first going, I was like, I am bored. This is useless. And even worse, I'm watching Jason Statham and he looks bored. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know where he gets his rocks off with this movie or whether he even cared. Would you characterize him as like in the first movie having more fun with it? Did the first movie have more fun than this movie? Yes, I do. Yeah, so that's a weird twist. Usually part two is when it's like, all right, all bets are off. Let's just take the chain off. Let's just go crazy, have a lot of fun, do all that. And I felt like, like you said, the early part of this movie, it was just like, they're just so serious. And, you know, they tried a little bit of the bonding stuff between the little kid, the the uncle right that's taken over for her and 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 statham's character and you're just like okay this is fine but it's not going anywhere and the only reason why they're even down in the trench i mean for plot purposes later i guess is just a to set up the villain that never really worked out for me it didn't do anything and then to also unleash holy hell with other stuff that can somehow get through what was that barrier call that they kind of went through that they thought the the meg couldn't go through do you remember uh, it was like thermo yeah the thermal layer or something like yeah, that yeah thermal layer yeah so yeah. It, none of that like worked because it, none of it stopped it and none of it like did what they thought like all the science ended up being bunk you know and I don't know. By the time we got to Fun Island, I was just like a little checked out. And the weird part for me, and again, not to, none of this is spoiler territory because this no. is the fucking Meg. You know what you're there for. Um, but to me, those little like land dragons or whatever that were on Fun Island, I thought those were way more intense and way more like almost Jurassic Park vibes of of fighting those things was way crazier than anything I felt about the Meg or any of the other sea creatures. Would you go on with that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. They were they were more terrifying. And again, that was my issue with most of this movies. Like I came here to see Meg sharks. Sure. And I I felt like. Once Jason Statham grabs the little skidoo out there, we didn't <laughs> yeah. get a whole lot of that. You know what right. I mean? It's like, let's go. So the actual running around trying to stay away from those 
lizards, I guess we'll call them for lack of a better term. Yeah, they're like Komodo uh, dragons, sort of, but they're not as... Th- but they move way faster. They're some kind of a... And they're a little bit smaller. I don't know. I don't know what to make of those. Right. So, to me, that's that was fun. They just missed their opportunity. I think sometimes they don't... Like, like with the first one. Like, are you going for a horror movie? Can you be a little... I don't want to say ultraviolet because you want, like, a certain crowd there. But, like, I would like to see a little more blood. You know, stuff like that. A little yeah. more shark doing, sharks doing some damage. Yeah. Um. What do you yeah, think yeah, of you the talk- actual CGI, though? Because it is very heavy CGI. And it's not in, like, a... <laughs> smart way like a like a pacific rim where those are like kaiju kind of inserts you know as opposed to uh these type of movies and your godzillas and things like that i just it's weird i know they you get a sequel right but it feels low budget even from the beginning that little like ancient meg uh, thing right. on the coast there that they do with the dinosaurs in the beginning that you see in the trailer or whatever that that even looked very, very fake to me, and and it didn't get that that much better. Oh, it, it didn't. The CGI wasn't great, but I will say it didn't take me out of the movie, if that makes sense. Like, it wasn't so right. bad where I was like, all right, this is taking me out of the movie. It sure. was it was OK, it, you know, for what it was. It was OK. I was expecting a little more, especially with the sharks and stuff like that. But, yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> it was OK. And, and to get to your point, like the villain part, like I just kept thinking. He reminded me of like a discount Javier Bardem. Like I was like, can we... <laughs> well, not even that. It Him so and the uh, the billionaire woman, who's kind of the funding of the whole thing. I don't know. I guess she's yeah. just a money grubber. There's so little uh, character development in any of these people, let alone the villains. That there's one thing where you just go, "Well, I'm here for this," so the other things don't matter. They have to do right. something, <laughs> right? And they do nothing, right? And I thought a lot of the one-liners were cringy. Like, the humor did not land at all. No. At all. I will say, I did like uh, DJ, um... The the black guy in this in this film. Oh yeah, he's the only one having fun. He's in. Yeah, he's in his own movie. He's in the movie that I wish the movie was. He was like one of the highlights, especially when they get to Fun Island. Oh yeah, was he was one of the highlights of the whole movie for me, man. Like. And, of course, I did like some of the shots they did, and I wish I would have written them down. But there were some kind of cool camera angle shots that they did in this in this movie. But it was too far, too few and far between. Right. It, but I did like, I mean, okay, I don't know. Are we going to talk about Statham versus the Sharks here in a second? Sure, please. But that's okay. what we're here for, right? Yeah, okay. <laughs> so I laughed so hard, but I loved it at the same time. The harpooning? The lat. The last kill, the helicopter okay. blade. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> I was laughing because I saw it coming and I was like, okay, here we are. Yes. Yeah. There's and, no way in hell he could pick that up. Let's just start uh, there. No. First of all, the Meg would have squished him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he the sheer been weight. Absolutely yeah. no. Absolutely but no. But still, it was kind of awesome to see. <laughs> but exactly. And again, I, that's my point. Is like, this movie's almost two hours long. Yeah. And you can't just start having kind of some fun like that and amp it up. 20 minutes to go. 20 minutes to go. So that's where they need to look in the mirror if they're going to do any more of these. Be like, come on. Come on. (laughs) You had your audience there, clearly, because the box office tells you. Then just do it up, man. 
don't waste your time trying to do like environmental issues or some other kind of things that get you there. We know why we're here, you know, and Jason Statham knows why he's here. You know, this is why he keeps doing them. It's not for, you know, any lack of other stuff he's got going. It's called cha-ching and he gets to be the face of the franchise of something. Yeah. He knows what's up. This is the guy who did multiple crank movies. All right. Yes. He knows what's up. Let him cook. Yeah. He knows his pocket. And where he excels, and this is yeah. Statham to a T, and I love it. And I hate to say it, but if it if it keeps if it performs a little better, I we might get a a trilogy. There might be, although I, you know, obviously, I don't think they set anything up. But again, do they need to? Absolutely not. <laughs> no, but we had that stupid baby Meg that the uncle kept saying he could communicate with. Swim away. Remember that? That's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's would be interesting is let's stop making it about the the Meg and attacking. Now I want the Meg to work for the, the armed services and that we get the <laughs> Meg to like go and work with the Navy and start attacking because we now have control over a Megalodon. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> Listen up, Hollywood. I got, yeah, this on, go. I got this on lock, buddy. Let's do it. But to your point, you are the Meg fan and not me. So obviously these movies need to serve you more than they need to serve me um and to the tune of like you said a 28 percent tomato meter but it's a 72 percent audience score so to me it did enough of its job to the people who came there for it um so i think again it's probably on the line we'll see where the box office returns go from here but you know it's got to make a little bit more because I think yeah, this movie sure. costs triple digits. Ooh, so wow. okay. between that, the marketing, and anything else, I think uh, this movie needs to make you know a little bit more as the as the summer goes on. But if this is the best it could do, international needs to keep chugging along. But domestically, if it doesn't get to like a hundred at least domestically, that's probably not going to cut it to, right. to get more. So we'll see. Um, it's kind of leaning into fast territory in the sense of like of of everything, <laughs> obviously the incredulous stuff, but um, but of course in terms of box office where uh, the fast series relies so much on the international box office to get them to keep making these, especially for such a high price. So we'll see. I mean, also uh, Shane, I don't know where your uh, allegiances lie in terms of. Uh, monster movies or any of these shark stuff or what have you but i did also notice they are doing a sharknado anniversary release in theaters is that something you're into or is that too low I, okay <clears throat> full disclosure <laughs> i did enjoy the first sharknado it was so bad it was yeah. so bad it was so good right and, and then the problem i had with it is they knew it was so bad and people watched it because it was so bad they just got they just kept like trying to up the ante on trying to be awful for the sake of being awful and they stopped being fun at that point so i kind of sure. checked out after the second one right and and, and never returned because even for me and that's saying a lot yeah it was just it was just too dumb like i'm like right. all right come on man so yeah yeah first one though 10 year anniversary yeah i'm down for that See again, I don't because it was a sci-fi like yes event, right? So you know you got little screen CGI. I'd be interested to see how that works as like a full movie print size, right. to especially exposing <laughs> that low grade CGI. So I don't know. It might be fun because that's a terror read, right? Was the 
lead yeah. of that one. Yeah, so yep. and, it might be good uh, just to see a little flashback yeah. of her, too. Yeah, and made Ian Zerling a star again for a little bit. Right, yeah. He was 90210, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. If you want to throw back in all semblances of the word, um, you know, yeah, check that out. That's coming up, too. Uh, I know I saw the uh, the preview thing for that as well. So, all right. Well, at least you got satisfied on that end. Let's move on to... Wait, whoa, 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 oh, hold on. Oh, we grading? Whoa. We grading? Yeah, grading. we got a grade. You, you really want my grade? You yeah, want my grade. yeah. All right. Well, actually, I want to I want to hear yours first because Lord knows it's mine's <laughs> not going to come anywhere near yours. But, okay. you know, I'm trying to see how high... How high, literally and figuratively, you are on this movie. Okay. <laughs> well, this may surprise you, but because of the unevenness of this movie, and it bored me to tears for the first hour, I could not get this anything higher than a 2.5. Okay. All right. So we're not too far off. You're just, you're relishing in the, the ending versus like, you know, see, see, killing it completely. Right, um, right. I'm not too far off. Like we've kind of been saying a lot of the same things. I'm probably giving it more of a two because okay, I see it. Yeah, because it just didn't get there. Um, and like I said, if it's DJ's movie, <laughs> if it's everybody having fun <laughs> and killing things, and and like you said, more blood. I think they do that on purpose. The whole PG-13 aspect of it, because I think they want that teenage crowd to be there so they're not going to make it a hard R. I don't know what right. line they can get to with a PG-13 movie to still do it, but I don't know. Right. They need I would like to see them amp it up. But just a little bit. Yeah, but good to hear two and a half. I was waiting for you to say three and a half and I was going <laughs> to roll my eyes. So two and a half is pretty pretty solid. I would have also, you know, accepted three as just you're in. <laughs> You know, yeah, but yeah, thank you for being more <laughs> on the on the even keel on that, more respectable. I I appreciate that. But yeah, we'll see if they make more of these coming to a theater near you. Uh, let's get to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, like I said, this is a movie that made a decent chunk of change. Uh, I thought it was gonna do a lot more, but we'll see. Um, it is getting spectacular reviews uh i know it had a high 90s rotten tomato critical score which is amazing uh 7.6 on imdb 74 metascore for a kid's cartoon movie is pretty high this is obviously the brainchild of seth rogan and evan goldberg their production company so it's sad because i've heard them on podcasts uh evan goldberg specifically um talking about getting things greenlit and what you have to do. And it's sad when it's like, I want them to make more super bads of the world. And instead they have to make Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to keep the lights on. So, but at least with this movie, you can kind of see their influence uh, and see what kind of movie, what kind of perspective that they wanted from this movie. Cause the one thing that I hear universally from people is the whole aspect of, these Ninja Turtles are teenagers and mm-hmm. they are going to have certain teenager you know, wants and needs and, and thoughts on the world and, and also turning April O'Neil into a teenage high schooler, you know, who is a quote journalist working for the, the high school newspaper and kind of being more on their level versus being the April O'Neil we really know uh, is something that a lot of people seem to kind of like the fit of. 
Um, but where did you sit with this? Where what's your relationship to the to the turtles? Did you watch it when you were younger as well? Oh yeah, absolutely. I was way into the turtles. One of one of my best movie going experiences is seeing the the live action one back in the the Michael Bay nineties. Or oh, you're talking okay before <clears throat> that, yeah. Yeah, the OG OG one. Yeah, yeah. And same. honestly, if you go back and watch it, it still holds up for the most part, man. Like it was. Yeah, well rubber done, suits so. and Corey Feldman. I'll take it all day. <laughs> yeah, it, it was great. So, man, I've been a turtle fan ever since then. I've watched every iteration of the show, like the Nickelodeon cartoons, yeah, the various one-off animation movies they would have. Uh, I, so I'm all in. So I was excited about this because I think you mentioned it at the top. Like, part of the problem could be. We've had so many Ninja Turtle movies and just different shows stuffed down our throat. We're like, okay, another one? Come on, man. Like, really? Yeah. yeah. But, uh, so I was excited about this movie, and it didn't disappoint. I thought it was fresh. I um, It was stylistic. Uh, I loved all the voice work. It, it, w- it was great. And I, I liked the April O'Neil. I did like that uh, version of her in this movie. And one of the first things I thought, like you said, was, hey, they're actually acting like teenagers, man. They yeah. have teenager wants and needs and tendencies. They're immature. They, you know, so I, I loved it, man. I, yeah. I loved it. It actually uh, mimicked more. My kids have started to watch one of the, uh, one of the iterations, one of the Nickelodeon versions from, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, maybe a little yeah. less. Um, and it kind of feels closer to that. Although, uh, Here's the thing for old heads like us, people have been from the beginning. Heck, I even know people who read the comic books, you know, there, which again was a sea change, right? From uh, Mm -hmm. the comic books are way more violent and way more extreme than what the, the Ninja Turtles cartoon was to start. So we've always had this weird relationship with the turtles constantly evolving. Right. But because the original cartoon and the movie was similar enough that we just kind of took that as like, that is canon, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that's maybe part of the reason why some people our age or our age who would take our kids would have a little bit of hesitancy coming into this movie because, you know, depending on what you see in the trailer, there are changes. There are changes Mm -hmm. to that core theories and beliefs and, and character structure that we know from the beginning. So even when I talked to my brother about it, who's a little bit older than me and we watched this stuff, he was kind of like, eh, when I told him about some of the changes, cause some of the changes don't actually make sense. Like for instance, and again, this is not a huge spoiler or anything, but you know, splinter, yeah. why is he voiced by Jackie Chan? Why is he Asian when he, they changed the origin story from a man changing into a rat man essentially versus a rat in this movie changing into a rat man so it kind of makes no sense of why <laughs> what like they had to really stretch it to make it why they're into uh karate self-defense any of those time martial arts stuff and that they all learned it together you know, versus like this sensei and student relationship as well as kind of like a father son thing with the turtles. Did you <clears throat> did you find that off at all? Here's here's what I it, it was different, and I was like, wow, that's a that's a different origin story for him. But I think they shifted it that way because this is the first movie that didn't have Shredder and the Foot Clan in it, right? So which we can get I, to where that's going. In yeah, a sec, but, and yeah. I, I felt because of what they're going for in the movie. 
the themes of the movie and the villains of the movie, I think that's why they changed this, the origin story for Splinter. And I didn't mind it, though. I didn't think about why is Jackie Chan voicing him if you're going to change his origin story like that. Yeah. Uh, I didn't think about that till just now. I was, yeah. <laughs> but I get why they didn't, and it didn't really bother me. Yeah, I mean, much like you can kind of be like, well, these are turtles. Why do they have, you know, generic white guy accents, you know, or whatever? It's like, okay, well, they got to be voiced with something. So it is odd to people that like, oh, they stayed consistent that he is an Asian voiced rat. But it is odd that we didn't get it the way it works, especially right. because I think that actually does work. And eventually they are going to get to Shredder. And I think what the thought process is with this one is that I think they um, they did. Um, oh, what am I thinking? There are movies lately where they're like, we know eventually we have to get to this guy yeah like character, if right. you think about it even like say the nolan batman movies right they started with batman begins he's not fighting the joker from the start right and it's not even you know a full-on like oh well joker's been there all along kind of thing no 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 it you're fighting other characters and the mob and other things like other pressing things before you get to the joker in the second one this one is a similar vibe. They're getting into something where it's like, okay, we're going to fight these guys. And then if this movie does well, then we're going to get to the next subsequent ones where shredder might be more involved or something like that. So you know where this is going. So eventually it is going to be odd, you know, because if he's just some rat and not something tied to shredder, then it loses a little bit of impact. Yeah, you know, a little bit, but I think they're in good hands as long as Rogan and uh, and Evan is in charge of it still, because I trust their writing process. I trust the way they handle these characters. So and that's what I I have to go on. That's all I have to go on. But again, it was refreshing seeing them fight other things because you get to you brought up Batman and Joker. Uh, Like, oh, how many times are you going to shoehorn Joker into a Batman movie? Like, can we throw other villains out there? Right. So it. That was nice for me to see that. Now, yeah. let me ask you something real quick, because it took me a couple of minutes to get used to it. Did the 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 animation style in which they used, did it did it take you a little while to get adjusted to it? Because it took me like five minutes to kind of get my head wrapped around how they animated this movie. And some of the fight scenes kind of, it was like rapid pacing. And it kind of took me out of it because it was hard for me to kind of follow some of the things. I agree with that The in terms of the action stuff. I think I saw the trailer so many times that it kind of like got me prepared well enough to like actually watch this movie in full. But you're right. Some of the animated sequences, I think that's where it loses it a little bit. But I admire it. It's yeah, because we're we're so spoiled right between Spider-Verse where it's like it's unique and it works for the action mm-hmm. sequences and the regular, you know, slowed down sequences. This one, I think it works better in slower sequences than it does in the action. And the one thing that I admire about it is that, especially if you're doing that aim um, with the Teenage Turtles, Teenage April, Teenage, all these things, it looks like a very stylized version of a kid who kind of draw these characters on a notebook. Like, it's like a high-end version of that. So I admire the way they did that. I like you said sometimes it does kind of take you out a little bit or it's too much especially cuz they 
they dumped out the toy box in this movie where like mm-hmm. every single character that you could possibly think of, even with ones who had changed origin stories. Cause I've seen the Baxter Stockman thing done multiple ways. So, and this one was again, uniquely changed uh, from that as well. And again, closer to the one I think in the last cartoon that I saw that my kids were watching. So, you know, whatever with, <laughs> with all that. So that's fine. Um, but I don't know. I, I got really excited when like Mondo Gecko was there and like Leatherhead and some of these other like lower villains that I liked from the, the cartoon show that never got their due on, on some of these movies. So I was happy to see that got kind of geeked out. Did you also uh, enjoy some of the uh, the Easter eggy stuff with that? Too, yeah, where like you got the ninja rap thing in there. You had um. did you notice the uh, the high school what the high school name was? uh east it was uh eastman the, high the, and yeah east, the guy who and, created the uh the turtles right well I th- if i'm not mistaken i think eastman yeah it was that or that was the name of the comic book company that made the, it was one of the two it was either the creator name or or both um but i recognized it from the comics at least as, as a part of the show but yeah, the um the soundtrack was amazing in this. My son Perfect. and I had a uh, no diggity sing along in the car because he now <laughs> knows the song. So I'm all about that. That is awesome. Um, did, did you also notice that the actual score was done by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross? Are you serious? I did not yeah. pay attention to that. <laughs> uh, uh, it's amazing that their career is so funny like they have all the fincher movies and all these like serious things you know winning oscars and all this stuff then sometimes they pull out some ones where i'm like really why did you do this one uh and this is one of those but hey man at least it's a good movie yeah it it worked i love the soundtrack the soundtrack was just phenomenal yeah especially when they ended it with trap call quest can i kick it yeah i was kick oh man it was great and i thought ice cube's voice was perfect for superfly man yeah he was so good (laughs) voicing that character yeah i wish there weren't so many lines where it's like almost like literally lyrics from songs of his or whatever it was where he was kind of speaking in yeah like silly uh, like almost comic booky villain stuff like these weird one-liners all the time yeah. but you know it works most I, I, of the time for me for sure yeah i, I dug it but it's funny because you brought up mondo uh the character mondo yeah mondo it's Gecko, like andy yeah, it's like, <clears throat> no see that's what no that's what i want to bring up it, you if you're gonna hire paul rudd have paul rudd do it don't have paul oh. rudd do his best don't have Paul Rudd do his best Andy Samberg impression because yeah. I could have swore the whole time I'm like that's Andy Samberg. Go look it up. That's Paul Rudd. I know. Now that you say it, I, I actually am like, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So Maya Rudolph, I think, is the villain woman who <laughs> the whole milking thing that we could get to oh, that in a second. John Cena, I had no idea was Rocksteady. Uh, really? Yeah, <laughs> had no idea. Uh, Rose Byrne was Leatherhead. Did not. That's a, that's a hey. wild flex. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's ridiculous. Um, Giancarlo Esposito, Baxter Stockman. That was kind of more obvious when he's because he gets a lot of uh, speaking roles in the beginning. We mentioned Jackie Chan and Ice Cube. Yep. Paul Rudd as Mondo Gecko. Post Malone was Ray Filet. <laughs> <laughs> Hannibal Burris as Genghis Frog. Yeah, I don't think I see 
Yeah, I don't see any other real like standout ones, but that's still pretty deep. I it's mean, it's pretty deep and it was great. But like you said, like I kept thinking, wow, that's Andy Samberg. And I'm like, why would they get Paul Rudd to do his best Andy Samberg impression? Yeah, you're right. That's a good call. I, I remember seeing his name in the credits. I just forgot that, you know, I was like, oh, him and Andy Samberg. You know, it's so <laughs> stupid that I just apparently blanked on that. Um, but overall, yeah, I did like this movie. I thought I was going to love it based on how like, over the moon a lot of critics were um but i still liked it a lot and i think i absolutely would see a next one of these what did you think for a score on this oh okay if i had a score because i did have a good time i think it lays a great foundation moving forward if they were to get a second one green lit again everything we echoed i had a good time there were some missteps in there so i gave it a 3.5 yeah i'm i'm around the same if I'm not cheating, it's probably a 3.5, but I think it's actually probably closer to like 3.25 if I was, because I'm like stuck where it's like a three feels more like, all right, this was a movie. It did its, it did something and, and it has a lot more room for improvement. I don't know. I just admired so much more of it that I, I want to give it a 3.5, but I feel also that feels kind of high. So if I'm going to do my cheating, which I constantly do, uh, and it's our podcast, 3.25 sounds fine. <laughs> okay. uh, we'll do that. Um, but yeah, I'm all in on a next one. So please do more of those. I'm sure it will. It is off to a good start, but I wonder if they have to hit a certain number. I haven't heard production numbers of what they have to hit, but yeah, I, I know a lot of people loved it when we were in the theater, lots of families, hopefully it keeps yep. going. And like I said, my whole, you know, the boys and girls club camp that my kids go to, they all went to it. So it's right. like, that's, a, that's a big deal. If you're going to continue to summertime and have other kids and families going to this all day long i want to end on uh kind of see what else we were kind of checking in i i mentioned hijack i don't know if you have any other stuff that you wanted to to put out there for the people but i will say right now i always love it when this happens and i think we kind of had this happen a little bit on the movie side of something that comes out right after we do our mid-season top fives (laughs) Mm -hmm. and uh hijack on Apple TV Plus is joining like where I was hesitant. I couldn't put the bear because I didn't finish the bear when we did the top fives. And this is like almost just as good. I, I It's one of the most infectious, cliffhangery, addictive shows I've seen in a while. And it's got elements of like Idris Elba kind of doing his best like Denzel uh samuel like negotiator stuff over the years that kind of character uh but with a way more even keel and suaveness and a Mm. mystery about him as well because you don't know a ton about him and you kind of you know unfolds just enough over it's only seven episodes everybody and they're like 45 minute episodes so it won't take you long to binge but damn is it a awesome binge and i kept messaging you like almost every couple episodes being like this show is amazing you have to watch it because i knew you would watch like the first episode or something like that when we spoke last week and man everybody who told me to watch it is absolutely right this is one of my favorite shows of the year i i it's hard pressed for me to put it above something like the bear but man is it right up there yeah, I agree. Um, I watched the first episode, like I said, and I just got caught up with other shows like we sometimes do. And then you're like, uh, you like when you're messing, you're like, oh, my God, this show's like awesome. It's perfect. Da-da-da. I watched three today. So I got three left. And you're right. Like Idris Elba is one of my favorite actors. I think I've said that before. And you use the word suave, which I think is perfect 
uh, description him in this movie because again, right now he's shrouded in a, a lot of mystery. Yeah, on his backstory, but he handles everything so smoothly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Doesn't get agi- You know, doesn't lose his cool at all during this show. No. This show ratch- ratchets it up the tension. Like every episode, you're like, "What the hell is going to happen? Who's going to ha-? like? What's going?" Yeah, and you, again, every episode. Leaves you hanging to want to watch the follow up episode. You're like, I got I just got to watch this, you know. So it is the production value is great. I the whole cat and I don't even know most of the cast, but I'm enjoying this show. And I'm probably gonna watch two more episodes when we get off this podcast tonight. So I'll be up late. <laughs> yeah, it's it's I'm I'm so jealous that this show in many ways is so simple yet so polished and so well designed. Uh, because it, like I said, it reminds me of like slow horses in a lot of ways because it's a, it's a well-crafted show that's British laden with a lot of British actors and this kind of mystery and trying to solve the problems of the crime going on and adding extra layers as it goes through with, you know, government, uh, conversations and everything else. So it has some of that, but man, is this just more like you can't blink. Uh, or you'll miss something because there's constant flow. It's it's funny that we're we led the show with the Meg, where it's like you know the giant shark type feeling of this thing. The hijackers on a plane because they can't go very far. They literally just circle like sharks around these people that they're holding hostage, and every layer that comes through, whether it's the the puppet masters, the hijacker information, the 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 pilot the staff all these like interpersonal relationships and and alba himself i mean there's just so much to the show for anybody who uh hasn't seen anything about this show it's basically as it's told it's a plane from dubai to london that is hijacked uh over a seven hour flight while authorities on the ground scramble for answers so you got the government layer stuff you got police counterterrorism. Uh, the actual airplane stuff is just unbelievable. Like you said, like uh, people I've never seen before in any other show just do such a good job. Uh, and God, I, I'm jealous of you that you have not gotten the episode six to seven hangover. Because uh, <laughs> much like the bear where it's not like how it ended exactly is like the best episode. There's some episodes before then that you're just like, Holy shit. Episode six broke me this one, man. If you want to talk about the ultimate cliffhanger of cliffhangers, just wait. Cause you're okay. how many you're five in you said, I'm going to start the fifth one tonight. Yeah. So yeah, that's six into seven. Good luck going to sleep after six ends is all I'm going <laughs> to okay. say. So right. that, that's the one that you're going to be like, son of a bitch. I'm waiting for the, the, the message from you in the middle of the night <laughs> to be like, you son of a bitch. Now I'm up till 3 a.m. Um, but this is a high recommend from me. Um, and I think a lot of people should check it out if they have Apple TV Plus or, you know, I don't know. If, I don't know if you're able to if you don't have Apple TV Plus to to either rent it or do anything. I don't know if they do that with their stuff. I don't think so. But. Definitely worth whatever I would pay the <laughs> six or seven bucks it is for a month to just watch Hijack and then, you know, scramble around the rest of the program just to check this out because it is that good. And it almost makes me sad that I think it's very good as seven ep- episodes, but man, this would be a, 
amazing movie. Right. It just feels yeah, like something that would have been a movie 10, 15 years ago. Yeah, it's great. Echo it would have been you Denzel. Said. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, uh, as an American just happened to be doing a business deal in, in Dubai and, and coming back, it would have been totally something like that. Because I can't imagine what the, the equivalent to Idris Elba would be that long ago. Because Idris Elba... I don't know, 10 years ago, maybe he's trying to do the gunslinger character stuff. Is that about yeah. right? So maybe uh, they still pick yeah. him if this is casted. I, I doubt 10 years ago, no, because I think that's when he did The Losers, which was an ensemble movie. Right. And he kind of started making a name for himself kind of during that period. So right. he wasn't, yeah. Maybe Wesley Snipes 10 years ago. No, kidding. No, kidding. no. He's too I'm bankrupt kidding, at that kidding, point. They'd love I'm it. Kidding. They'd love it, but it would be a very different movie. <laughs> But yeah, no, he's just perfect for this. Like he's uh, the, the suaveness. I love this guy. This might be the best thing he's ever done. Whoa. Oh, <laughs> okay. I have to go through his, uh, his uh, filmography to, uh, cause I like fight him. you on that. I like I him, love him, but this one, I love the crap out of it. This is, it's the most engrossing character and situation I've ever seen with him. It may help that he has such a large ensemble to prop him up, but this, this is damn good. This is so good. And Apple TV Plus, man, every so often yeah. we just come up and just like, damn, man, do you think see that thing on Apple TV Plus? They have a lot of good shows. It, it was so good that I was like, maybe I should check out Silo while I'm here. <laughs> I, you know, I thought Silo's on my list. It is. Yeah. Um, so I might, I actually might check that out after. That and uh, what is it? The Foundation or Foundation? Found, eh, I honestly, I tried watching it and uh, no it bueno. didn't do anything. For, yeah, no bueno. Okay. It's actually right. one of the books I actually read. I actually read that book two years ago. Ooh, look at uh, you. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it took me like three months to get through that freaking book. So I was like, ah, let me watch it. No, no good. No bueno. Wow. That's that's a tough beat if you went through the whole process of reading the everything and just not into it. That sucks. Um, yeah. Anything else you've uh, you've do- dove into that you're you're up on? Yeah, real quick, real quick, and I won't make a big thing out of this, but it's still ongoing. Is they drop weekly on Hulu? Uh, it's an FX show. Please watch Justified: City of Primeval. I hear it nothing is, but great things. Yeah, it's fantastic. If you're a fan of Justified, and if you've never seen the Justified series, you don't need to see it to watch this one because this one takes place 15 years after the events of Justified. Right. And you got all new set of characters. They're in Detroit. The villain is our boy Boyd Holbrook. I know. Just, I know. <laughs> he eats up the screen. He eats up the screen. It is fantastic. So that's my recommendation. I think they're only on like episode three or four, actually four right now. Ooh, and might be a good time to catch up. Yeah, if you're a fan of Raylan Givens and that justified vibe, go check that on Hulu right now. I'm going to be very honest. I've not seen one episode of Justified. Um, which is crazy. I know. I know a lot of people who really like that show. I should go back. Maybe that's, you know, it's like a good, like, I'm homesick, so I'm just going to, like, you know, watch a few episodes or whatever and just kind of get in. But because um, it's overwhelming, right? When you just, like, missed a whole show. You know, yeah. And then you're like, I have to watch all these things to kind of catch up. But I didn't even know up until recently that that was based on Elmore Leonard's stuff. So, like, to me, yeah. I was like, oh, shit. All right. I should get in on this. So, that's uh that's maybe an assignment for me a bigger larger thing we have so much content and in fact um only murders in the building is back tomorrow yeah and so i'm like oh man now i'm gonna have another thing to watch uh weekly which is good uh i need more weekly stuff i think they're dropping maybe the first two 
two uh, that first first day. So that'll be good, uh, especially because those are half hour episodes. So that'll be awesome. Um, anything else on the brain there for you, Shane? That's it, man. Like you said, I've been watching a lot of stuff, and um, yeah, that's all I got. Yeah, and we'll be uh, we'll be getting back on our horror kick. We should be seeing the last voyage of the <laughs> Demeter. Um, I I laugh because I I still even from last week when I was like doing the the Kim Bassinger Basinger thing, I, I still didn't even look it up like an idiot. It's like the first <laughs> words they say in the trailer too, and I still. Right. This pea brain uh, just <laughs> at the end of every episode. I'm like, yeah, now's the time. Just take the risk, you idiot. Don't look it up first or anything. Um, but hopefully, you know, we'll we'll talk about that. We'll talk about a little bit more horror. Maybe uh, maybe I'll spend this weekend maybe trying to check out some more other horror movies. I've been saying that for weeks, so maybe I'll actually pay it off uh, in some respects uh, and check those out. But um, Good on you, man. Great episode. I um, uh, hope everybody comes back next week for for our horror thoughts. Um, of course, check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Recent Act Pod. Uh, give us the old five-star review and subscribe to us uh, wherever you get podcasts. And we'll hope to see you next week for more Recent Activity. <laughs>